Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're diving into the enchanting waters of Mas Amigos, America's favorite new class pet. Join us as Jared Olivia, the mind behind this beloved brand, shares the ups and downs of bringing these moss ball companions into the spotlight. This episode is rich with insights for those navigating the challenging yet rewarding waters of modern marketing in 2023. Listen in to discover the unexpected challenges and twists tied to TikTok's ever-evolving algorithm and why authentic resonance is more crucial than ever, how adding a hat to a moss ball not only personified these companions, but sparked an exciting new product line for Moss Amigos, the ingenious use of precious minerals that opened up fresh avenues and market opportunities for the brand, as well as the most intriguing queries about these companions. Do they float or don't they? Are they boys or girls? We don't know. So stay tuned for an engaging exploration into the world of Moss Amigos and pick up some valuable marketing wisdom along the way. On with the show. This year, we were slow. I was like, okay, we need to do something else. I saw this chain on Twitter that was like, oh, I'm this hotshot TikTok agency, and we have these numbers. One of their clients was Sephora, which also sells to our demo. It was 10,000 for UGC content for one month, and we're gonna see how it goes. We worked really hard on these scripts. They found these influencers for us. And I don't know if TikTok's algorithm changed and this UGC thing just was not working anymore, but by June 2023, it was not working for us. All of the 30 videos flopped. Some of these UGC influencers, they are burnt out. They're just like, hi, yeah, this is my thing. It's so great. Buy it. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for that. Like, I'm sorry. Creative minds, math-obsessed media buyers. To ship more winning ads, you need both worlds working together. Introducing Thumbstop, the weekly newsletter by Motion that covers the art and the science of creating winning meta, TikTok, and YouTube ads. Every Sunday, you'll learn about the science. Think about CAC and contribution margin spreadsheet tutorials, advanced ad analysis techniques, and interviews with elite media buyers. You'll build your analytical skills every week. The art. Creative cheat codes, winning TikTok ad formats, interviews with creative directors. You'll get practical ideas to ship winning ads faster and new ways to fix the brand performance divide. Subscribe at motionapp.com forward slash thumbstop. Jared, welcome to the D2C podcast. I got to say, Mas Amigos is one of the most interesting, amusing products I've seen in a long time. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks, Eric, for having me here. Start at the beginning. Why did you build Mas Amigos? So Moss Amigos came into fruition in a plant room, actually. So I was hanging out with my fiance there. This was in 2018. We were kind of talking about how plants have become so popular with millennials at the time, but so many of them were killing their plants. And so I had lived in Japan for two years before I met him. And there was a plant called Marimo there. Um, and it was basically a moss ball in a jar. And I told that to him, and he couldn't pronounce the name. He was like, what? Like, how would I say that? What is it in English? And I was like, oh, it's like moss ball in English. He's like, moss ball. And I was like, and we were thinking, okay, we live in California. What would we call it? And then that's how Moss Amigo was born. Uh, we'd use a different macroalgae now, so we don't use Marimo macroalgae, but we use a different one now. But that's, that's how the initial idea came up with. And we thought of it as a pet plant. Uh, that's kind of like joy in a jar. It's really hard to kill, and it's for people who are new to plants and don't have a green thumb but want to try. And they're suspended in water. That's right. 
So you don't have to water them. You don't have to water them. That, yeah. that is a major meme with millennials and myself. Actually, I just I just watered my Monstera. And uh, I'm like hydrating like crazy every day. And my Monstera is just in the corner just watching me. Just like, <laughs> what are you doing to me? Uh, so Mas Amigos would solve that. And Mas Amigos is also like really kind of uniquely personified, which is a really, it's sort of like you, you have the, the whole accessory kits for it, which I think are really cool. That's right. So yeah, Mas Amigos. I feel like the company actually really blew up once we put hats on the Moss Amigos because this type of macroalgae and a lot of macroalgae is actually sensitive to direct sunlight because they're used to growing deeper underwater. Uh, so they are photosensitive plants, which is interesting. Uh, so the, the, the hat actually serves a little bit of utility there um, by reducing the direct sunlight that hits the, the plant itself. Another way that I'm like Moss Amigos, I need to, I need to wear a hat. I'm sensitive to the sun. Yeah, very cool. And that and so, how far along in the development of Moss Amigos did the accessories come? It came about. I think it came about twelve to eighteen months after our initial try. So we started our company out as a hobby. Um, we both worked tech jobs as our first nine to five, and we would go to flea markets, and that's kind of where we got started. Um, but then it wasn't until the beginning of the pandemic or mid-pandemic where I had so much free time all of a sudden to devote to Mas Amigos that I was just experimenting. And I just thought, I was like, yeah, what if I, you know, we, we, we were thinking about giving them like buddies in their jar, but then I was like, oh, but what about putting something on them? And, you know, we found these hats and I put them on and I walked over. There's a horse ranch randomly by my house. <laughs> so I walked to the horse ranch with the, with my, uh, with the moss ball and a cowboy hat propped it up on there and it went viral on Instagram um, and people just loved it. Um, and that was our first huge win. And that's actually, I think, what kind of propelled this company to be more mature as it is today. That post and then me trying to learn Instagram and meta marketing more broadly, I just kept, I boosted that post and I was boosting it profitably and that kind of built our initial follower base. And that hook, just that that initial thing of like put a hat on it, is going to help in in any of your ads as well, right? Going from just a, just an, an initial, it's it, it's an interesting concept on its own. Yeah, um, to import from Japan, I, I I appreciate it. Yeah, um, but then to like personify it in the way and that probably frees you up in your marketing to be more creative and whimsical and fun as well, right? Oh, that's right. Yes, I think actually. So once we produced the hat, people were asking for different colors of hats, different styles of hats, and then beyond hats, a lot of the feedback we were getting was, "I want more accessories for my Masamigo." Like, please. And so we are building out with our product roadmap seasonal accessories. So actually, we've launched beanies now. So your Masamigo can also wear a beanie, and we have beanies in twenty-eight colors uh, for whatever your Masamigo's personality is. And then they also have uh, coffee cups. So if your Masamigo is wearing like maybe a Dijon beanie and they enjoy pumpkin spice latte, uh, you can set them up quite nicely in a rose quartz jar. Oh my God! You definitely need pumpkin spice, and then you're gonna need pepper. You're gonna need like candy cane lattes as well, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> this whole world, and I, and you probably need to introduce the concept that like Moss amigos do well with like other amigos. So you need to ha you need to have like a whole family of Moss amigos on your shelf. I get. I think right. That's right. We have an ad going out that says uh, "Adopt a Moss Family Today," and it is a family of Moss amigos of the, the different sizes. So after we created the amigo. We learned how to manipulate the macroalgae, so we have a provisional patent, and we can control the sizes of them. 
and their shape as well. And so we have the uh, the Amigo, that's our first size. It's about one inch in diameter. Then we have the Chico, which is about half an inch. And then the Rico, which is a quarter inch. And then the Nino, which is about a centimeter. Um, oh my so, God. Yeah, so the Mas Chico, Mas Rico, Mas Nino are kind of like the you know baby child adolescent version of the Mas Amigo, which is the adult version. And, and, and they do grow over time. So we do have uh, Mas Care, plans for moss parents to purchase um, so that they can make sure that their moss pets are uh, you know well taken care of even if there is an accident how big could you get one of these things could you could you grow if you had a big enough vat could you grow it to like a huge size you could I think in nature the biggest ones have been like volleyball sizes interesting um, around that uh, but that yeah we we could probably grow it we could do it bigger the way we do it uh, once the patent is finalized, you know, we could probably experiment with retail locations and have like, you know, a Moss Jumbo or Moss Royale, whatever you want to call it. And it could be kind of like a flagship Moss that lives in this store, you know. Even just for, even just for social media, just like have the dad, like, you know, the one that is like, make it seem like it's the one that they all come from or something. Like, it's yes. the- I mean, they do all come from one. We, we, we nickname it in R&D, uh, the mother Moss. Uh, she lives in a yeah. bioreactor and she's, She's just chilling. Learning so much <laughs> about this today. Like, take me back to the flea market for a minute there. Like, what was it yes. like? Like, I guess people just see this thing and they're they're generally delighted by it. Like, what was it like selling it in those early days? Did you know you sort of had a hit from that from that those reactions? Yeah, I would say I would say ninety percent of the reactions were. Everyone was curious, and ninety percent of them were positively curious. They're like, "Whoa, what is this? What is that?" Or like, someone older would come up and be like. Oh wow! I love younger generations. They're just making stuff, and I was like, "Oh, thank you, old man. That was very nice of you to say." Um, <laughs> um, or like that. teachers, yeah, and teachers would come up and they'd be like, "Oh, this would be a great class pet." And I was like, "Okay." And those were some initial ideas that were sewed into my brain. But I would say younger women were our main audience. They would come up and they would just love it. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cute!" And they would love the gemstones as well. Um, and you know, I love gemstones. I think they're pretty. I did not uh, fix so much value on like the metaphysical properties of the gemstones as going initially. But you know, other audiences they do associate the gemstones with these metaphysical properties. And I think if that piece of the product speaks to you, then totally that's awesome, you know, and so they would love the different like gemstones. Um, so that's what the flea market kind of showed us. And then I did get like, you know, we get some negative comments. Like people would be like, oh, you're just selling rocks and moss. I could get that in the river. Ha ha ha. And then like walk away. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You can do that. Go do that. You know? And then, um, or there'd be like, I had this one girl and I kind of remember her. Um, and I kind of laugh now because, you know, we're actually doing really good. She was just like, hmm. Is this your little Shark Tank product? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Maybe it will be one day. Who knows? And she's like, mm, I don't think so. And I was like, whoa! Like you're so mean for sixteen. Like Hilarious. what are you doing, girl? Uh, you know. And we're in Silicon Valley, so it's like you know a lot of like people. You know, it's so funny having a D to C company in Silicon Valley. I do feel condescended to a lot by SaaS companies. Oh yeah, like yeah. even if my company is profitable, like just because like I don't have like a fake ten like a hundred billion dollar TAM, I just feel like. Um, but what is it's only worth like a few million? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's like whatever. Like that's a very good that's impression. Right. Do do you have a Patagonia vest? <laughs> do you have a Patagonia vest? No, I. You know what? So. <laughs> I'm just going to comment here. I don't know if this will make it on the pod, but let's do it. Oh, it will. Okay. So 
I'm not a transplant. I'm from the Bay Area and I have a Santa Cruz pullover hoodie. Like that is what like people from the Bay Area wear. Yeah. Transplants are the like they're the athleisure people who came from everywhere around the world and around the country, which is totally fine. And I love that they're building up Silicon Valley, but like they're the ones wearing the Patagonia vest. And, you know, when I think when people move to places like people move to New York, people move to Silicon Valley, people move to LA, you know, there's an adjustment period and you kind of have like fat head syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you kind of, you know, the tech bro, the stereotype is not unearned because there's some dysfunctional behavior that arises when you go to a new place and you just decide this is your personality for a bit. I love it. We need more hot takes on this on this podcast <laughs> and a D2C, yeah. a D2C aficionado living amongst the uh, the venture the VCs out there in Silicon Valley. That's that's a great perspective. Um, Thank you. <laughs> my mind goes to and I, I I'm not a boomer. I'm not I'm not quite a boomer. But I but my mind goes to the the pet rock. And to me, this is like such an interesting yeah. fusing of the pet rock, which is like a total joke. Like it's a total. It's literally I could go to the river. It's on a bed of straw. And then it's like combines it with like sea monkeys, which was I think I told you in the pre interview. My mom told me she wouldn't buy because she felt like I was playing God by bringing like by creating life. <laughs> Life. Uh, and, and but it combines that to this like and it's like it's novel it's interesting and it make it's it's a good set piece it's a it's it's a good decor it fits in decor much better than than either of those two things would you know I when I originally conceived Moss Vegas and I was doing the business plan I took you know those like basic business classes in undergrad and it's like make your business plan and like what your product is and in my original slides I had the rock pet and I did my research on the rock pet and then I also did chia pets that was my other my other case study there yeah uh they both obviously were kind of blip novel. Well, I think Chia Pets actually, I, I, I would give them a break. I think they're a little bit better. But sure. Rock Pet definitely was like a blip novelty. It was like a funny joke and it like yep. raged. And then they sold, I think, $5 million, which at the time that the Rock Pet came out was a huge amount of money. Um, and, and society had their good laugh and, you know, we kind of moved on. And then I think Chia Pet came on the scene, which... Huh, maybe, I wonder if Chia Pet, you know, the guy who founded Chia Pet, he recently passed away, but I wish I could have asked him, were you inspired by Rock Pet? Um, because I was inspired by him. It's kind of like this baton pass of, of inspiration in the United States, I guess. Um, but so the Chia Pet guy, he came on the scene in the 80s, 90s, you know, with the commercials and, you know, you call the number, you get the Chia Pet. And that was the main distribution channel back then. I think Rock Pet was maybe more catalogs. Um, so Rock Pet was in the catalogs. Chia Pet was on our cable TV. And they had the jingle, cha-cha-cha-cha-chia. Oh. And the Chia Pet guy, he is actually based in San Francisco for the majority of his career. And San Francisco is actually home to a lot of not tech companies uh, like Gap. Levi's Jeans. I think yeah. Folgers actually started in San Francisco, and we have Ghirardelli Chocolates. Um, <clears throat> so we had non-tech companies before, you know, the tech companies. What about San Francisco the store? Is that from San Francisco? <laughs> you don't want to you, you don't want to claim that. <laughs> San Francisco the store. I don't know what that one is. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You yet. know, what? Oh, oh, it's like it's it's San Francisco. It's like a really cheap. It's like a bad store. It's like a store that's oh, like no. I think this might be a Canadian store, and it just sells like it just sells really bad touristy stuff, and it's called San Francisco. So oh no, probably. probably I, I'm gonna go check get that, that one out. taken down. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, oh, the city will probably, the city's crazy about their IP. My Pet Rock uh, sold, he, he made more than 5 million from selling it, and he walked away apparently with 15 million. So you could do worse. Oh. He, he apparently somehow sold the IP for 15 million. So uh, that's pretty insane to think about. I bet Chia Pet did a lot better. Like I, those, those infomercials just stuck in my head. Let's, let's talk distribution though for you. You, you mentioned yeah. uh, that infomercial was the biggest channel for them. What, what are your biggest distribution channels? What's working best? 
Yeah, so I think for us now, meta, 100%, still the best player in the game in terms of clear return on ad spend. I have just, the way they built their pixel out, it's so much more clearer than Pinterest or X, Twitter, um, and TikTok even. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's just where our main distribution channel is right now. We're seeing a good mix of uh, Facebook. Facebook is pretty good. I think the buyers on Facebook are better. I think Instagram, the buyers are more expensive to capture there just because I think the audience is a little bit more savvy on Instagram. So that's that's our main distribution. And then obviously user-generated content, especially in the form of short-form video, is really awesome, but it's not as reliable as our as, as our classic, you know, classically running ads on Meta. And then what kind of, are you going for novelty in the ads? Are you just, are you going to sort of just stop the thumb with something people haven't seen that's fun? Yeah, so kind of how, yeah, I think novelty for sure is one is one aspect. So we do have one ad of the Masamigo in a hat and it's a, it's, it's, it's a showstopper. It disrupts people. They're like, oh, what is, what is that? And then, you know, we have really good comments on the ads. Um, I try to, you know, curate them. So there's like productive comments on the ads. Like some of them are just like, this is disgusting. Why would I want this? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> that doesn't need to be on my ad. Um, so I think that's important. If you're a marketer and you're a D2C marketer, you should definitely be moderating your ads. That's in your control, in your purview. It's what a savvy marketer does. You should do that. Um, Especially when you have a showstopper, right? Especially when you yeah, have exactly. this one winner that's that you, and and yeah, it behooves you to like, when you can turn, turn people in your comments, you know, when you can't, yeah, get rid of them. But when mm-hmm. you can have those discussions on, on your, you know, it, it can be super beneficial to the, longevity and success of the ad. Yeah, we definitely do that. So I think for some ads, they question like, does it come with a hat? And I'm like, yes, it comes with a summer bundle um, with the hat and they can buy it in a package. So I think I think that's also good as well, definitely. And you can kind of engage the community there. Yeah, so we have a, we have a ad with the moss ball and a hat. And I think that's just like a strong hook. We also have the gemstones. It's not as strong as a hook. I would say it's like half as strong. I don't know. <laughs> the engagement numbers are about half, but just the gemstones themselves. I think we're not exposed to shiny objects. You know, I think a lot of the ads that are running right now, they're following a trend. They're following, I think they're, a lot of them are kind of late to trends sometimes, especially the ones on Meta from what I've seen. And so they're usually like videos or they're too polished. They're like too polished studio videos that like, it comes off as a little bit sterile, I think, to audiences. Yeah. Um, so I think just, you know, have something fun with the hook or like have something kind of natural looking like the gemstones that are pretty. Like we have this one, that just we have this one on Advantage Plus. It's a picture of Aventurine Moss Chico, and it's just going gangbusters. Like uh, we run it to several audiences, and they just they love it. They're just like, oh wow, yes, gemstone, shiny, yes, you know. And I think that's fun, and I love that you know I could serve up something that they would be interested in. Very cool. You mentioned teachers too. That's something I that, that my mind goes to. I, I, you were saying that some a lot of a lot of uh, teachers can't have live animals in the class anymore. So this becomes a great class pet. Are you actively because it's? I think back to a couple of our, our clients who found like, for instance, that nurses are a huge part of their audience. So they actually uh, have advertising campaigns that are more targeted towards nurses. Are you are you doing any campaigns targeted towards teachers? So we do in the summer uh, when the teachers are kind of preparing to go back to school. So we had. This was a really great story. So we had this teacher in Georgia, I believe, and it was uh, in Georgia. Luckily, the kids uh, were back in school for the most part, but it was still kind of like it was pandemic. We all have to wear masks at school. It's not fun. And to motivate his class, he bought a Mas Amigo and he named the Mas Amigo Donnie. And so 
Donnie, like if you earned enough points, Donnie would write you, would, would reward you somehow. And so the kids all love their Masamigo Donnie. And then that was going on. And then after the school year was over, the teacher had reached out to us and he said, oh my God, thank you for this Masamigo. It really helped me get through the school year. The kids love Donnie, blah, blah, blah. Like, <clears throat> is there a way we could like, work together. I would love to just like promote you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, like, um, you know, if you feel comfortable, like we can send, I sent over release forms, you know, for the guardians. And if you guys want to do a little like, thank you video, you can. And so we have this class of like elementary school kids in Georgia and they're like, thank you, Mas Amigos. And they have like Donnie. And then I gave them all uh, Mas Ninos, which are the baby Mas Amigos. Uh, for oh, nice. them all to have. So it was just kind of cute. And so we run that story sometimes. Um, and I need to make it a blog post. And I think I do need to make a more intentional effort because a lot of our comments that are coming in are our reviews or this is my class pet. Uh, because kids, these school districts are not allowed to have reptiles and, and hamsters due to allergies anymore. So the Masamigos makes a perfect class pet. And so I'm hoping we can have more Donnies across the classrooms in, in America. I think just overall too, just the personification is just creates so much, so many interesting opportunities for content. After our pre-interview, I, I uploaded an image to mid journey of one of your, <laughs> of, of one of the Masamigos and ad, asked, you know, mid journey to personify it. And I was just playing around with it. And I think there's like, there's like potential comic strips. There's like, there's a kid's show in, in Masamigos, I, you know, potentially. If they can get out of those jars, they could get into all kinds of adventures. I know. You know who I am like stalking on TikTok is Butch Hartman. He is so bored. He mm. So he's the creator of Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and he's just like chilling on TikTok and I feel like he's like waiting for his next project. So I'm hoping maybe next year I want to approach his team or whoever, however I approach him but and pitch him potentially a Mas Amigos show because I, I, I agree with you. I, I do see that potential. I think if you look at the evolution, so you had like you had Rock Pet, Pet Rock, and then you had Chia Pets. Chia Pets did something different than Rock Pets, and they went into the licensing game. And I think that gave the product longevity and extended mm. its novelty. Um, they Unfortunately, Chia Pets did not get onto social media fast enough. I think they have a holding company now. I think the founder sold half, and he gave it to a li this licensing company. But I think licensing is a big thing. I think uh, having a character is a big thing. Uh, in Japan, where some of the, where the idea of Masamigos did originate from, mascots are a billion-dollar industry in that country. Hello Kitty herself is probably the ultimate <laughs> mascot, where she's like literally three circles and a few lines, and she sold billions and billions of dollars of product. I've heard mascots are coming back, too. I've heard just general like sort of brand maximalism is making a comeback. And I've heard mascots are, are a big part of that, just, just with what brands are willing to do on their Twitter and things like that to persona. I, I think, what was it, like Wendy and... Johnny Arby got married or so, some somebody so oh, two fast good. food icons got married or something a little while ago like okay <laughs> are you okay fast food no I totally agree have you seen um scrub daddy tiktok and duolingo tiktok yes yeah okay yeah I totally agree with you there they're hot they're hot that's what people yeah people like the brands personified yeah, and I think that's a great opportunity. And I think anyone listening, it's an opportunity to, to like look at your product and be like, could I put a hat on this? Yeah, could I could I put a hat on this and and, <laughs> and give it a bit more personality? I think I think it's a really great exercise. You also mentioned that a big part of your distribution is like plant stores. Yes, as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So in the United States, Americans purchase two billion dollars worth of house plants every year, and we kill thirty five percent of them within the first year. So. Indoor houseplant 
market, I think there's a lot of disruption in the low maintenance category, obviously here. Um, and so that was a big opportunity with the plant store. So we grew, we blew up on our own social media and then we got into Fair Wholesale, which is a wholesale platform which you can sell to independent plant stores. And that's kind of how Masmios got from zero to 500 plant stores. And so nurseries, florists, and plant boutiques really love to sell Mas Amigos uh, because it's a plant and a gemstone. So it turns pretty fast in the stores. Um, and it's kind of fun product in the low maintenance section of their plant boutiques or stores. I think with florists, it's interesting. Uh, we've had a couple orders with florists where they'll purchase in advance uh, like a large amount of one type of Mas Nino or Mas Rico for weddings. Uh, and it's a wedding favor mm. versus... Centerpiece. Yeah, That's like right. a table centerpiece would be huge. That's yeah. Right. Yes, and then people, you know, take them home and stuff. So, yeah, that's 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 been one avenue, and I, I want to continue growing the independent plant stores. I think one, I think it's just good for the community to have a plant store, to have someone in your community that cares about plants and wants to train others to nurture plants and to kind of set that up. You know, we don't all need Home Depot garden center dominating and killing all the three plant stores in the neighborhood. I think I think it's also more sustainable too because these local shops tend to source from the local growers versus, you know, Home Depot has probably like an industrialized supply chain and their plants are all, you know, sourced and packaged. You know, when you do things like this at an industrial scale, there are harmful impacts to the environment. Um, you, so support your local plant store. It'll help keep your property value up because you have a cute neighborhood, and it might might you know reduce. Uh, it might make the environment more sustainable. You know that that'd be my pitch to support your local plant store. Love it. You mentioned you had an experience in the pre-interview. Uh, you were working. You're currently doing like almost all your own creative. You're doing your own media buying. You worked with an agency previously that just didn't get it. I'd be interested to to talk a little bit about that experience. What you took from that? Yeah. So actually, it was this year. Our we were slow. We were so slow. I was like kind of, I wouldn't say desperate, but I was like, okay, we need to do something else because it's just not working right now. And I see our buyers are on TikTok. And so I saw this chain on Twitter that was like, oh, I'm in this hotshot TikTok agency and we have these numbers, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me go talk to this agency. You know, I'm talking to this agency and they're really good. One of their clients was Sephora, which also sells to our demo. And I was like, okay, this sounds great. And it was 10,000 for UGC content uh, for one month and we're going to see how it goes. And, you know, we paid it and we worked really hard on these scripts and they found these influencers for us and they were coordinating it. And I don't know if TikTok's algorithm changed. I want to give them a little bit of grace. I don't know if TikTok's algorithm changed and this UGC thing just was not working anymore because I, I had seen it work in the past and these like goofy trends that you make on CapCut work in the past. But by June 2023, it was not working, not working for us. All of the 30 videos flopped. And then also the agency, I felt... One piece of feedback, and I gave them this, and, and I give this to all the agencies, please go on the website, please actually have your people who are writing the scripts and coaching these UGC influencers, like actually understand the product and actually understand the utility here. Like I, I remember I sent back like a few videos that were like, this is not how, the, the moss balls are not all in the same jar. Like they're gonna eat each other's food. There's only so much micronutrients in the jar. So we don't have them in the same jar, you know? Like, I don't know where that came from. Um, Reminds me of that one TikTok meme where it's like everybody's so creative, <laughs> where it's like, but it's like a disaster, <laughs> like these disaster uh, uh, abominations. Um, and so yeah. that there, I got a couple of those, and I was like, okay, you need to send them back. And then, you know, it's only, 
you know, you only have so much authenticity in the tank, I feel sometimes. And some of these UGC influencers, they are burnt out. Yeah. They're just like, hi, yeah, this is my thing. Um, it's so great. Um, buy it. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you go take a nap and like circle back with me next week and, and give me another video, please. That's not gonna work. You know, you know, have you seen the the Vice golf ball ads that are all over social media? That it's no. like I think it's like a Kendrick Lamar song where it's like it basically just has the golf ball and then they're all in different colors and the camera stays perfectly fixed on the golf ball, but the background all changes. Like take off the Wi-Fi. Oh. Take, you know, like what with that song? I could really see an yeah. ad for you where you've got the Moss Amigo and then you've got all this like different background stuff happening to it and it just stays and it like to the beat of the song. That's some some free creative consulting there. I think I think that one could be really good. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The 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 pilot house team is not going to like that. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think that there could be a good fit just just for how fun the product is. And it, honestly, the thing that I, I actually just watched this TikTok video yesterday on everything, everywhere, all at once. I just just seen it recently. I need to but, see that movie. But there's the the, the culminating scene actually because it's like I, I won't spoil anything. But they 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 do all the, they go through different dimensions and everything, and they end up as these two rocks on a on a cliff, and they end up having this conversation. And actually, the climax of the movie happens when the two main characters are these rocks on a cliff. They're just personified rocks. Again, this isn't really a spoiler because there's so much going on. But at one point, the the hero decides to like put on googly eyes. Basically, that's that's like the calm, the climax of the movie in some way. Is it's like you face reality like with whimsy in a, in a way, right? And you find joy, and that you and you find c- connection and communication. It's sort of like the, one of the main points of the movie about how to do this in this like super chaotic world. And I feel like your product does that. I feel like I think you should definitely watch the movie because that scene will make you think of Mas okay. Amigos. I think everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. Uh, here's a question. If we were to give you $50,000 for your marketing, I, t- I think I know where the answer is, but what would you do uh, like to to see the most growth with Mas Amigos in the next little while? 50000 in marketing. Uh, one, I would send 10000 of that on a mascot suit. Um, that's how much they cost, apparently, for a custom, a good custom yep. mascot suit. So that's number one. And then the other 40000 I really, we would just blow up and be totally cemented if we got like a really hot, not even A-lister, an S-tier celebrity. S-tier? What's S-tier? I don't even know that tier. An S-tier celebrity right now is someone who's just like red hot, has like a crazy passionate fan base. Like Taylor Swift, I would consider like an S-tier celebrity. Um, A Kardashian, well, actually, no, not even all the Kardashian sisters. Maybe like only Kim or Kylie (laughs) would be like an S-tier celebrity. And then um, what I, who I would really love, I don't know, $40,000 probably isn't even enough, but like I would love Olivia Rodrigo to somehow promote a Masamigo. That would just knock it out of the park. We'd be done. We'd be like done with marketing for like two years. Um, We would just, I would just run on that. Um, But yeah, so I think, I, I do think celebrities are super valuable. Celebrity endorsements are so powerful because I think they've, developed a lot of goodwill in the community. Um, and if the brand makes sense for them and matches their vibe and matches the vibe of their audience, I think we just create abundance from there for everyone. I love it. My daughter would fully agree with you. She has been educating me in Olivia Rodrigo for the past <laughs> two weeks. So oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a good fit. Nice, man. Yeah. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. I 
I'm going to get a Mas Amigo and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, he's going to be, maybe I'll put him in the background. Maybe he maybe uh-huh, needs to become part you. of the, uh, the DTC podcast background. Cause, uh, I think it'd, it'd be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll need to figure out what hat suits him best, but, or, or what gender I don't even know. Yeah. I, you know, I, don't I know. know that one's yeah. People always like the number one question we get are, um, why is my Mas Amigo floating or why is it not floating? Yeah. Like if you look at our Google SEO, like that's the number, the two number one searches is floating and not floating. And then the other one is, are they boys or girls or how do they make babies? <laughs> Hilarious. Why don't, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it and we'll come back, yes. uh, chat a little bit more about your growth in a, in a few months. Thanks for yes. coming on today, Jared. This was fun, man. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer, all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.